are watching online. Let's give our online family a big hand as they're watching with us today. Who's ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Amen. Open up your Bible with me to Luke chapter 9, verses 49 through 55. Luke chapter 9, verses 49 through 55 today. We've been talking about alignment for the assignment the past two weeks, and we are going there again this week, talking about being in alignment with God. Luke chapter 9. Verses 49 through 55. The word says that, Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. He does not follow with us, but he's casting out demons in your name. And in verse 50, but Jesus said to him, do not forbid him, for he is not against us. He is on our side. Jesus is on a mission here, and the disciples are getting distracted because of what someone else is doing. And in verse 51, it says, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he, Jesus, turned and rebuked them again and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. We see in this passage of Scripture it is a passage of great intensity and focus. Jesus is so focused in this passage of Scripture, and he's trying to get the disciples on board, and the Word says that he is so focused that he turned his face toward Jerusalem, the place where he was going to be crucified. He turned his place where he would be crucified. He turned it toward the assignment that God had sent him to earth for. He turned his face toward his assignment assignment toward his calling. And he said, nothing, there is nothing that anyone can do around me that can stop me from getting there. Amen. I'm getting there no matter what. The disciples, they were caught off guard by something that was happening across the street. But he said, that's not going to stop my assignment. My face is there and I am full of focus toward that moment. If you walk around life too long, you will find that a lot of people do, they, they walk 
around life with no focus or they walk around life with the wrong focus. They walk around life with no focus. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know where they are supposed to be going next. They're just like nomads going around trying to find their next assignment, but they never know what it is because they are not focused. And it gets almost to that point like we have discussed here before in Genesis chapter 1 where we discussed this in the very beginning the earth was void it was empty uh, it had no shape uh, darkness uh, filled the face of this earth it was without focus nothing could be seen there was no focus on earth and um, all of a sudden in Genesis 1 we see as God gets the revelation that this is out of focus and something needs to be something needs to be done so what does he do he creates light and also whenever he was creating light he was really creating focus on earth and whenever he started creating light and he began to see a focus on earth now that everything was illuminated now that there was focus now he could be begin to fulfill his mission and create earth as he desired it to be. I want you to understand this today, whether you're watching online with us or you are here with us today, that before you start a quest, before you set yourself out on a mission, before you send yourself out on a journey, you need to let God illuminate it with his presence, amen? You need to let God make sure that you are focused for the journey of what you have ahead of you. You need to focus and get aligned with him because we watch God catch this revelation that this this place was void. We watch him catch this revelation of this is not what I desire. So he creates alignment. He brings everything into focus with just a few words. And one of the reasons that God gives us revelations is that for that specific reason, when God gives us a revelation, when God speaks to us and reveals something from heaven to us, it is to bring order into our life. It's to bring things into alignment. God doesn't give revelation just for chill bumps. God doesn't give revelation so we can write a, 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 a nice a cool tweet. God did not give us revelations so that we could write a book. God gave us revelations so that we could get focused on that thing that he has called us to. God will drop revelations about people that you do business with and it will focus your, it will bring you into alignment. It will cause them, it will cause you to see them in a different light. God will bring revelation about jobs, about people, about things that causes you to focus in a different manner and get aligned. I mean, just think about the revelation of salvation. The revelation of salvation, when God shows you his grace, when God shows you his mercy, it's a revelation of salvation and you accept him as your Lord and Savior and you realize that God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. Whenever you receive the revelation that there's no sin that you have, that you have ever committed, that, that his blood cannot cover, amen. When you receive the revelation that you've never gone too far from the hand of Jesus Christ, when Whenever you receive that revelation and you accept him as your personal Lord and your Savior, yes, it is so that you can get into heaven, but it is also so you can get your life into order and get focused on him. Can I get an amen this morning? So for every new season of life, Every new season, every new season that you step in, it requires a new focus. It requires alignment, 
for you. Whenever, if, if you are praying for a new job, you need to get ready for new alignment, for new focus. If you're praying for a child, you're praying for another child, you're praying for your first child. Whenever that baby comes, it requires focus. Can a mama say amen? Because all of a sudden, you're no longer single and ready to mingle. All of a sudden, guess what? Your, uh, they own your schedule. Can somebody declare that today? They declare when you go to bed and whenever you wake up. And all of a sudden, it requires a new level of focus. Whenever you're praying for new doors to open, new opportunities, when you're praying for a marriage, when you're praying for a house, you've got to stay focused. But the question is, are you focused enough for what you are praying for today? Are you focused enough for what you are praying for? Because some of the times when uh, when those things that you are been praying for, if God were to put it in your lap right now, if God were to answer that prayer right now, it would overtake you because you are not focused enough to receive the fullness of that answered prayer right now. Just as an example, if you are praying for a husband, the, the answer for you is, are you living as a wife right now? Because all of a sudden, if you are not focused on that, when God gives it to you, you will not be able to receive the blessing that he has given to you. So in other words, you can't receive new blessings with old focus. Amen. You cannot receive new blessings with old focus. It is so dangerous for you. It's so dangerous for myself. It's so dangerous for the church to walk around with no focus. But guess what? It is also at times, it can be just as deadly for you to walk around with the wrong focus. How many times have we been fighting battles that we should not be fighting? Amen. How much time have we wasted in arguments that we should not even got ourselves into because we were focused on the wrong thing? How, much, how many times have we put full effort into someone that we should have never been focused on? How many times have we poured ourselves into a relationship that we should have never been focused on? The wrong focus can be just as deadly as, as no focus. I was studying about this focus and I saw this quote that I want to share with you and it said, you are eating the fruits today of yesterday's focus. Whatever you were focused on yesterday, today you you will start to see it in your life. Yesterday, if you were focused on fear, more than likely today, that same fear is in your spirit. If yesterday you were focused on defeat, more than likely you woke up this morning feeling defeated. And baby boomers know a lot about this as I was studying about focus because I was reading this, this quote and it said, what you slay in your 30s, you will eat in your 50s. The work that you did in your younger years, you will be able to reap it in your older years. And if you wait to think about retirement until you are in your 50s, you will feel it in your 70s. Amen? That is why so many times we cannot be focused on this thing right here, but we must be looking toward like Jesus, toward the goal where he was going because we've spent all of our time focusing on the things that we can see. We've spent all of our time focusing on the things right now where we had to have the nicest house. We had to have the new car. We had to have the new Jordans. We had to have the BMW. And now whenever we get to our 50s, we have nothing to show for those things because we were focused on the wrong thing at the wrong time at the wrong part of our life. Amen? It's all about focus. Wrong focus can cause you 
to be angry at things you have no control over. How many times do we get angry at things that we cannot even control? When you focus on it, jealousy. Jealousy comes when you focus on someone else more than you do God. That's when jealousy starts to happen. Jesus is in this passage of scripture and he's trying to teach these principles of focus to his disciples. And in today's passage, the disciples, get this, you thought this only happened in Rome, Georgia, but guess what? The disciples were getting mad at what another church was doing across the street. They said, look over there. They're casting out demons over there. They're doing it in your name. They're not, they're not for us. They're against us. And Jesus pretty much just says, look, you guys need to chill. Do not lose your focus on what another church is doing. Don't lose your focus on what somebody else is doing, but we have an assignment and it's in Jerusalem. Let them be, let them be, they're casting out demons, they're just fine, but we are going here. I'm not going to let that distract my focus because the devil loves it when you lose focus. The devil loves it whenever you are more focused on your neighbor's house than you are on your own house. The devil loves it when you're focused on what your cousins are doing. The devil loves it when you're focused on your friends' jobs and their promotions. The devil loves it when you're focused on your co-worker's vacation because he knows that it's all at the expense of your own focus. So he distracts you. He loves it whenever you lose focus. He loves it when you lose focus of your journey because you're focused on somebody else's journey. He loves it when you lose focus of your ministry because you're focused on someone else's ministry. Jesus says, I'm not focused on those other guys right now. I'm not focused on what they are doing because I'm in alignment with my assignment. It's why I was sent here. I was sent here to go to Jerusalem and there's nothing that anybody else can do right now to distract me. The Bible even says that he has set his face. It was, there was a look on his face. He set his face. He turned his body. Nothing was distracting him toward that goal. And the Bible says he set his face toward Jerusalem. Question I want you to ask yourself today is what have you set your face toward? What are you focused on? What is your face set toward today? What did you focus on all last week? What robbed you of sleep? What was running through your mind all throughout the week? And the question is, did that do any good for you? What are you focused on? I have a picture here that I want you to look at because so many times whenever we start losing focus, have you realized that everything around us starts to get a little blurry? You can't tell what those things are. Whenever you lose focus, if you are a photographer or if you're an amateur and you have the great phone of the Apple uh, iPhone and, and, and you are trying to take pictures and everything is moving, everything gets a little blurry. Whenever you stop focusing on that thing, something else 
comes into focus and causes it to blur. And before you know it, whenever you are walking around life and there's no focus for you toward God, all of a sudden your life starts to look like this. What does it look like? It looks like you can't really tell what's going on. It looks blurry. Have you ever noticed that when things get out of focus, they get blurry? What was a clear line now is not so clear anymore. It's a blurry line. What, what, was, what was a straight line now is kind of bent. Now it's a little crooked because it's a, it's a little blurry. Whenever your face is toward the wrong thing, your lines and concepts begin to blur. What, whenever you were focused on the Lord, now you have lost your focus. And what you once knew was unethical now starts to blur somebody and it starts to take on a different meaning. Whenever you were focused on him, there's no way you would have even thought about those unethical things. But now that you've turned your focus towards something else, oh, it doesn't matter if I just take a little bit of that. It will all be okay because now it's starting to blur. The things that were once that you knew were a sin, the things that you should have resisted, the things that you, the places you never would have gone, all of a sudden those things start to blur. And now it's, if I just do it once, I know there's grace and there's mercy. And now everything starts to blur. Everything starts to come together. And you really can't tell what is right and wrong. But listen, when you start to face toward the assignment, when you set your face toward the Lord, when you start to focus on what he has called you to and not what your neighbor has called, look at this next picture. Something happens. It starts to come into alignment. It starts to come into order. See, this is what going to church can do for you. See, this is what teaching can do for you. Next picture. This is what everything can do. This is what whenever you turn your face toward God, this is what setting your face toward the word does. This is what turning your face toward prayer does. This is what turning your face toward worship does. This is what getting in the same lane as God can do for you. This is what getting your table aligned can do for you. Next picture. Because all of a sudden, you start to realize your assignment. I see what God has called me to. I can see my Jerusalem. Before everything was distracted, but set your face toward him, and now everything becomes clear. Amen? Can I get an amen this morning? That is the importance of your focus. When you are out of focus, everything is blurry. But whenever you start getting everything in line with him and you set your face toward him, it gets everything back into focus to where before it was void, it was empty. It was like that beginning we talked about in Genesis 1. There was nothing, everything was dark. There was no focus in it. But when you set your face toward Jesus, when you turn your face toward the assignment and you stop focusing on the situation and you stop focusing on what your neighbor thinks you should do and you stop focusing on the obstacle and you stop fo focusing on the giant. You stop worrying about your neighbor but you turn your face toward Jesus. When you set your face toward him and you focus that is when like in Genesis those winds of the spirit start blowing again in your life and it brings light into your darkness. It brings joy into your suffering. It brings purpose into your misery. It can cause your feet to start to dance in the middle of tears. Whenever you just turn your face to Jesus. Set your face toward him. Sometimes you just need to focus. Look at your neighbor and say, focus. 
That was pretty weak. Say focus. Focus. Just snap your fingers like this and say focus. Focus. Come on. Snap your fingers. Just go ahead and say your name. Say your name out loud. Chase, focus. Chase, focus. Focus, focus, focus. Why? In this moment, in this hour, when everything is unraveling, it's not unraveling. It's just the, it's just the prophecies coming into order for the last days. And while every, all this stuff is happening, guess what is happening? God is saying, focus. If you would read the words, you know what's happening. Just focus on me. Why? Because I can do more for you than any man can do for you. God is saying, if you would just focus on me, you're praying for a promotion, but if you would just focus on me, I could do more for you than any promotion can do for you. Because what God has for you, you can't get there until you focus. Focus. Sometimes you just need to focus, focus, focus. You don't need a cigarette. Come on. You just need to focus. Some of you have never smoked a cigarette. I've never smoked this. I can't stand the smoke, but sometimes if you've ever just like, I just need a, I just need a smoke break. You're going through, it's like, I just need something right now. Y'all are a bunch of liars today. You don't need another cigarette, sir. You don't need to smoke that, ma'am. You don't need to drink that. No, no, no. God is saying you just need to focus. Whenever you focus on me, you thought you needed that thing. No, no, no. You don't need a new job. You just need to focus. You don't need a man, another man, because you couldn't keep the first five that God blessed you with because you could not focus. Your attention was everywhere. No, no, no. In this day, in this time, guess what? The church must focus. The church must focus. There, You know what? There are statistics out there. Whenever you turn on the news, there are statistics out there that will enrage you. And there are statistics out there to support any argument that you want. I can find a statistic right now that said that COVID is dying. I can find another statistic that said that COVID is about to wipe everybody off the face of this earth. I can find a statistic to say that you better wear a mask. I can find another statistic that says if you do wear a mask, you're going to suffer brain damage because you can't breathe. I I can find any statistic that I want for my argument, but I can't let those things distract me. I've got to stay focused. Why? Because there's real news and there's fake news. Stay focused. There are liars and cheaters on both sides of the political aisles. Just stay focused. In this day, in this time, why do you have to stay focused? Because Matthew 7, 14 says, because narrow is the gate which leads to life and few people find it. Do you want to know why few people find it? Because they are not focused focus because it's blurry. They can't see it when it's right before their eyes. In this day, the church has got to stay focused. In this election season, don't get in the mud and the muck. Just stay focused. Why? Because I'm, I'm today. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not independent. I just want to be a focused Christian. I just want to keep my eyes on him because I'm not looking to a governor. I'm not looking to a president. I'm just looking to the Lord today. Stay Focused. Stay focused. In Luke 9, 51, the word says that it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face toward Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face. 
And as they went, it says they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. To prepare for him. But they did not receive him. Samaria did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And his disciples, Lord, what can we do? And they got distracted again. Samaria wouldn't take Jesus. He had been there ministering to the Samaritans and they wouldn't even take him. Wow. Just look at him. Just look at his face. There's something different about it. I know, I know he's been in this neck of the woods before, but just look at his face. There is something that is written on his face where he, 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 must, he means business today. Just look on his face. He, he's focused today. No, 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 he ain't staying here. He, there's, there's no room for him here. Do you know what? He could have been crushed by that. You can't stay here. How many of you have ever had somebody kick you out of their life? You can't stay here. He could have been crushed. If it was us, we would have been devastated. He could have gone to social media. He could have grabbed out the city of Samaria. He could have grabbed out the mayor. He could, have taken his, he could have taken his sandal off and threw it down the street. He could have had a riot right there in the streets. He could have had a temper tantrum right there. He could have gone wild right there. But no, no, no. He didn't. Why? Because he was focused and his face was set toward his assignment. He could have been crushed. He could have been right there in the streets and all of a sudden had flashbacks of his childhood. You know what? There are a lot of people that have flashbacks of their childhood and it wrecks them for the rest of their life. He could have been there. I mean, did you forget this is Jesus? Do you remember the story of his birth? Whenever they're trying to be birthed and they say, sorry, there's no room for you in the end. Here he is 30 years later. And guess what? There's no room for you here. He could have had flashbacks of his childhood when everything was going on. And guess what? one as a pastor, when people sit and talk to me in my office, guess what? So many of the things that they are going through today is because they had flashbacks of something that happened to them as a child. And guess what? I just want to tell somebody today that God can break those things off of you if you would just focus on him. I don't care what your daddy did to you. Focus on your heavenly father. I don't care what the love of your mother didn't do for you. Focus on God. He's got more love for you than any man has ever shown you. Your friends, your friends may have talked about you, but you need you need to focus on the friend that sticks closer than any brother to you today. And if you can just focus on him, God can break some things off of you that constantly comes into your life to distract your assignment. He could have lost it. But get this. Whenever you are focused, there will be times when you don't even have to worry about telling people no. Because God will go before you and close all the doors before you whenever you are focused. Why? Because he realizes you're focused for the assignment. He realizes that you're going there. God will even go before you at times and close out doors. See, you thought it was rejection. You thought they didn't want you at your table. No, no, no. You were just focused and God was closing the doors. Why? Because he did not want that to distract you. You thought they didn't want you at your table. You thought they didn't want your kids to hang out with their kids. No, no, no. Rejoice, my brother. That was just God calling you for your focus and he was shutting the wrong door so you wouldn't be distracted. He has the power to do that. Just set your 
face because a Jerusalem is waiting for you. Do you want to know one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to focus. We love using the verse that says, he's working all things out for my good. And he is. God is working everything out for your good. But do you want to know whenever you start seeing the fruit of him working everything out for your good? It only happens when you focus. What do you mean? What I'm saying is that he's been trying to get everything worked out for your good for years. But you've just not been focused enough to even see it. He's been so, you're over here and he tries to work this out. You lose your focus and he comes with you here and he tries to work this out. You come over here, you lose your focus and he's trying to work that out. And every time God gets around you trying to work it out, guess what? You lose your focus and you can never see his goodness in your life because you lost focus. And all of a sudden we start living like a bunch of college kids. Bunch of college kids trying to decide a major. How many of you have ever been there? They say that nobody graduates with the major they started with. All of a sudden, you started out a month ago and you wanted to be a math teacher. Math is where it's at. And you had, you were focused, and then all of a sudden, no, no, I don't want to do that. And then God comes over here next to you and he's trying to work everything out for your good to be, to be a math teacher. And then all of a sudden you, oh, no, I don't want to do that anymore. Now I want to come over here. I want to be in NASA. I want to study astrology, whatever that does for you. And then you're studying astrology. You're studying the stars and all these constellations. And then guess what? God stops what he's trying to work out for you over there. He comes near you and guess what? He tries to work all of this out, everything out. And then guess what? And then you're like, no, I don't want to do that no more. And now this week, now this week, I want want to major in psychology. Psychology is where it's at. God stopped the teaching. God stopped the astrology. And now he's over here and he's trying to work everything out for your good in this field now. And then you get the revelation that you can't do anything with a psychology degree unless you get another degree. And you're like, nah, I'm not doing that. I want to be a teacher again. God stops everything he's doing over there and he comes over here. Why? Because he's trying to follow your focus. And so many times, if you would just get focused on what he's called you to, you would finally see the goodness of him in your life. God, why don't you work this out for my good? Why don't you work that? And he's been trying all throughout your life, but you've just not been focused enough to even see it. Would you stand with me today? Focus. The blurry picture. How many of you, your life has been like that blurry picture where you just lost focus? You were like the disciples. What are they doing over there? Lord, no, no, focus. What are they doing over there? No, 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 focus over here. Don't worry about what they're doing. Focus right here. Don't worry about who's getting married and you're not getting married. Just focus on me right now. Don't worry about who's getting the job right now. Focus right here. I've got an assignment for you. It's in Jerusalem. Just set your face toward that. Turn your face toward him. Fix your eyes on him. Turn your face toward Jerusalem. Get in alignment for your assignment. Get there. Would you just close your eyes with me today? Turn.
distracted for years from what you've called them to for where you're calling them to God in life has just been so blurry nothing has been making sense everywhere they go is a distraction they get distracted by everything going on around them God I am praying God that a hedge of protection gets around every person's mind today God and they just turn their face toward you God, I pray that when people look at us, they see something written on our face. They see determination on our faces. They see a goal on our face. They see a Christ-like example on our face. God, I pray, God, whenever we walk through our cities of Samaria, that people can look at us and say, no, I know where they are going. I can tell God has their hand. He has their hand upon him. I can tell God has a plan for his life. I can tell she's got a destiny in God today. God, I pray, God, when people look at your people's faces, they don't see emptiness. They don't see a blur. They don't see confusion. God, but in this hour that we are in, I pray that when people look upon our face, that our faces are turned toward you and they see a light, God. They see it's like a lighthouse and it's showing them to you, God. God, I pray over each and every person's house. Their home has been frustrated. Their home has been confused. Their home has been blurry. God, bring it into focus right now. 
There are marriages in this building today. It is so blurry. They had lines drawn, but now it's so blurry. They don't know if they're coming or going. They don't know how much longer it can last. God, right now, Lord, bring that marriage into alignment with your word. Create focus in that place. Just like in Genesis 1, God, they think it is void. They think it is empty. They think it has no it has no light on it. But God, speak light to that situation today. Blow your spirit upon that life today, God. Bring it into focus. Bring it into focus today. God, we are declaring it right now. Bring it into focus today. Bring Chase into focus today. Bring Dan into focus today. Bring Wendy into focus today. God, bring every person into focus today, God. We will not be distracted by the signs of the time, but we will embrace those things and we will face Jerusalem, God, why you created us, what you're calling us from and what you're calling us to today, God. Remind us of that. Let us focus on you today. Let nothing that's formed against our focus prosper. But today, God, we just focus on you. Things going on around us, God, church is focusing on you today. You're our hope. You are our salvation. And we thank you today for all of your goodness and for all of your mercy. Amen and amen. Can we just...